back to Cinema Wellman. I am your host, David, and uh, today I'm going to start you off with a little question. What do the following films have in common? It came from Beneath the Sea, Superman, The Core, X-Men, The Last Stand, Pacific Rim, the 2014 version of Godzilla, San Andreas, Terminator Genesis, and Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. The answer? All of these films destroyed or partially destroyed that iconic piece of international orange-colored infrastructure known as the Golden Gate Bridge. How is 2012 not on that list? I thought they destroyed everything in that mess. In any event, I am here today to praise the Golden Gate Bridge and the city of San Francisco, not destroy it like those films did. This is the first episode of a series, planned series, uh, four coming this season, uh, that we're going to title City Spotlight, where we're going to focus on a particular city and some of the best films there made over the years. My intention is to concentrate on movies in which the highlighted city is treated almost like an additional member of the cast. I'm looking for location shooting in the city as opposed to sound stages, sets, green screens, etc. And no fair having another city filling in for the actual city in which the film is supposedly set. I see you, Toronto and Vancouver. I intended to start these episodes with Boston, since that's where I went to college to study film way back in the Stone Age. To my surprise, I could only come up with four worthy movies. Uh, The Thomas Crown Affair from 1968, The Friends of Eddie Coyle from 1973, uh, 1982's The Verdict, and uh, The Town from 2010. Now, I know there are probably a few Boston movies you may be thinking of that are popular, but I hate them all. So, putting Boston in the rearview mirror, I headed west. So, San Francisco, here we come. It's easy for a film to take place in a city, but it takes a special shoot to include that city and make it part of the story. Location shooting is extremely expensive, which may help to explain why the most recent film on this list is 15 years old. Um, These are ranked in order of not quality of movies, how good the movies are, but more along the lines of how San Francisco is featured and treated like a character. All right, with all that in mind, let's start off with number 10. It comes from 1979, and it is Escape from Alcatraz. Shooting locations, Alcatraz Prison, Alcatraz Island, and San Francisco Bay. I remember being fascinated by Alcatraz while I was still in middle school. I read several books about the prison and set a goal to visit Alcatraz someday. I achieved that goal during my last cross-country drive in 2019, and it was absolutely amazing. It was an unbelievable experience walking around the prison after reading about all the famous prisoners who were held there. Uh, You have Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly, the Birdman of Alcatraz, and Whitey Bulger along with all of the failed escape attempts. Escape from Alcatraz doesn't actually take place in San Francisco, but on Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay. It's on this list because a vast majority of it was filmed at the prison. Some interiors were filmed on sound stages, but The Rock is certainly featured a featured player in the film. Here's a little Alcatraz trivia. Did you know that Zero prisoners were executed at Alcatraz. They had no facilities to carry out capital punishment. I don't know. Some people think that that was a haven for capital punishment. All right. Now, tours were not stopped during filming, which meant uh, a new boat full of tourists arrived every half hour. This made filming very difficult and forced 
production to switch to night shooting to avoid the crowds and their interruptions. Escape from Alcatraz is an exciting prison film starring Clint Eastwood, who will show up again later on this list, with plenty of suspense, a strong supporting staff, cast, and an evil warden. Patrick, Patrick McGowan plays the evil warden. Every good prison movie needs an, an evil warden, I think. Um, did Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers actually escape? Were they the only prisoners ever to escape from Alcatraz? Well, chances are we're never going to know the answer to that question. Let's go next to number nine on the list. Uh, Vertigo from 1958. Shooting locations, the Presidio, Golden Gate Park, Lombard Street, Knob Hill, Union Square, North Beach, and the Dog Patch. Vertigo is a classic suspense film directed by the king of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. I was ready to add the birds to this list, but not enough of it was filmed in San Francisco. Hitchcock was famous for building sound stages and sets to recreate locations. He also used a lot of green screen shooting to show his characters in a particular place, but Vertigo has enough location shots to merit inclusion on this list. I had to rewatch this film because I had only seen it once, and as I recall, I wasn't that happy with it. Uh, I think it's because I'm such a fan of another Hitchcock film starring Jimmy Stewart, and that is Rear Window. I still think Rear Window is superior, but I've changed my mind about Vertigo. It is an excellent film. In Vertigo, Jimmy Stewart plays a former San Francisco police detective wrestling with personal demons and an obsession with a possibly disturbed woman. It's a hauntingly beautiful film, and the San Francisco setting adds to the mood and atmosphere like only San Francisco can. Edith Head did the costume design, Bernard Herman did the music, add Hitch to that, and you have a wonderful film. Up next at number eight is from 1997, and it is titled The Game. Shooting locations, the Embarcadero, Knob Hill, Presidio, Market Street, San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge, Golden Gate Park, Chinatown, and the San Francisco Zoo. Got to be very upfront about this mystery suspense thriller directed by the great director David Fincher, who gave us Fight Club, Seven, Panic Room, Zodiac, and Mank. The game is at times extremely preposterous. For everything to work the way it works, you have to check your reality at the door. To fully enjoy it, you have to take a lot of things in stride. And if you're able to do that, you are in for a treat. Here's what IMDb says. After a wealthy San Francisco banker is given an opportunity to participate in a mysterious game, his life is turned upside down as he begins to question if it might really be a concealed conspiracy to destroy him. This movie's a wild, wild ride from start to finish. Michael Douglas is excellent as the obnoxious banker, and Sean Penn, who also shows up later on this list, exudes paranoia and fear as Douglas's younger brother, who gives him the game for his 48th birthday. I've seen this many times, and it doesn't matter that I know how it ends. I still enjoy it. To me, that's a sign of a good movie, especially a movie that kind of has a twist. Up next at number seven from 1978, the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Shooting locations were Telegraph Hill, Chinatown, The Dog Patch, Union Square, Pier 70, Presidio, Golden Gate Park, Pacific Heights, and The Tenderloin. This remake of the 1956 sci-fi classic of the same name substitutes San Francisco for Los Angeles, 
And I think it's one of the few times that remakes hold up to the original material. This is a creepy movie with horror elements, a, a dog with a human face that still haunts me. Um, but it's also chock full of conspiracy storylines. There are a lot of night scenes in this movie, but the locations are still recognizable as Fog City. An extremely odd coincidence, this is the first of four movies on this list featuring the great Robert Duvall. Uh, this appearance is a non-credited, non-speaking role, and his character is referred to only as Priest on Swing, and that's basically what he is. It's a, he's a priest, and he's on a swing at a playground. He was reportedly paid for this appearance with an Eddie Bauer jacket. <laughs> if you're in the mood for some weirdness and chills, give this movie a look. And watch out for those pods. Uh, number six on the list is from 2008, and it is Milk. Uh, shooting locations, Dubose Park, Market Street and Castro Street, No Valley, Chinatown, City Hall, Federal Building, Golden Gate Bridge, Haight Street, the Castro District, and Treasure Island. Milk is a fantastic film that tells the story of Harvey Milk and his struggles as an American gay activist who fought for gay rights and became California's first openly gay elected official. Sean Penn plays Milk with compassion and understanding. His performance is tremendous and earned him a Best Actor Oscar. Milk earned eight Oscar nominations and also won for Best Original Screenplay. Milk was filmed in the very places where the real Harvey Milk made a positive difference in the city he loved. The film was shot at City Hall and the Federal Building where Milk worked. Especially interesting are scenes filmed in the Castro District, which was one of the first gay neighborhoods in the United States. Harvey Milk loved San Francisco, and San Francisco loved Harvey Milk. I remember watching documentaries about Harvey Milk, including the 1985 Oscar-winning The Times of Harvey Milk, after seeing this film. I was absolutely stunned at how Penn totally nailed everything about Harvey Milk. It's a phenomenal performance by a phenomenal actor. This is one of the best biopics out there. Next, number five comes from 1974, and it is The Conversation. Shooting locations, Portrero Hill, Union Square, Maritime Plaza in the Financial District, and Cathedral Hill. Talk about paranoia and conspiracy. This will have you looking over your shoulder and looking for bugs, not insects, in your house. Gene Hackman's made a ton of movies in his career, and this is probably my favorite. Francis Ford Coppola directed, John Cazale co-stars, which means it was nominated for Best Picture, and Robert Duvall is here. It's another relatively small role, again uncredited, as the director, but he has lines this time and is very important to the story. For the conversation, I'm going to quote the movie poster as opposed to IMDb. Harry Call is an invader of privacy, the best in the business. He can record any conversation between two people anywhere. So far, three people are dead because of him. Hackman's Harry Call is so protective of his own privacy and obsessive about the amount of security in his professional and personal life. Coppola has said that this is the, the favorite film that he's ever directed. Gene Hackman has stated that this is his favorite film in which he's appeared. That right there is some high praise. If you need convincing, check out their filmographies on IMDb. They've made some great films. My favorite San Francisco location featured in the conversation is Union Square, where the conversation is recorded. Oh, and it takes place during Christmas. 
uh, so it's a Christmas movie, just like Die Hard. Number four on the list is from 1973, and it is The Laughing Policeman. Shooting locations, Robin Hood Drive, Haight Street, The Filbert Steps on Filbert Street, Portsmouth Square, Mission Street, south of Market. The poster reads, This movie is so real it makes every other movie in this town look like a movie. Well, that's certainly one way to describe it. Um, Again, we're looking at films that kind of star San Francisco. Um, The Conversation is probably the best film on this list, I think, uh, movie-wise. But all of these are worthy to look at San Francisco in all of its glory. Um, The Laughing Policeman begins with a gunman killing everybody aboard a city bus that eventually crashes in Chinatown. Um, I'm reminded of an afternoon subway ride I once had in Boston while attending grad school. Uh, One sunny day, a well-dressed older gentleman with a fedora and an umbrella, remember it's sunny out, got on my sparsely populated train car and began to sing. The lyrics to his, I'm assuming, original tune went along the lines of, You'll never know when it's your time. You'll never know. You could be next. It could be you. It could be you. And so on and so forth. And he pointed to people in the car, me included, while emphasizing the you. He had a beautiful voice and a very pleasant demeanor. After he exited at the next stop, we sat in bewildered silence until I asked the car, did anyone else think he was going to kill us all? They unanimously nodded in agreement, and we all had a good laugh. Good times. That train ride always made me think of the laughing policeman, other than the fact that we all made it home that night. The great Walter Matthau plays the scruffy, gruff detective whose partner was among those killed on the bus. What follows is the investigation all around the seamier sides of San Francisco as they try to catch the gunman before he does it again. The Laughing Policeman is so high on this list because it employed interior and exterior filming. Many films shoot exteriors showing characters entering a structure and then shoot the remainder of the scene on a set or soundstage. This film does both, which leads to a much more realistic experience of being in a particular city or a particular place. Uh, The HBO TV show Deadwood did this all the time. Um, I hadn't seen The Laughing Policeman in years, and I was happy to get on that bus again. Well, not not the actual bus. You know what I meant. Number three on the list comes from 1971, and it is Dirty Harry. Shooting locations, Golden Gate Park, Mount Davidson Park, Mission District, San Francisco General Hospital, the Embarcadero, Washington Square, Chinatown, and the Golden Gate Bridge. The second Clint Eastwood film on this list features the debut of one of his most iconic characters, Inspector Harry Callahan, a.k.a. Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry is the first of five movies in this series, all of which are set in San Francisco, the place of Eastwood's birth. All but one of the outdoor scenes was shot in San Francisco. Only the famous bank robbery scene, well, do you, punk, you know, remember that, was filmed on a set. Uh, The character of Callahan was a tad right wing for 1971, and parts of it are a little much today, but this is an undeniable cop classic that highlights several San Francisco locations as Harry hunts for a psychopathic killer, expertly played by Andrew Robinson. 
It also features something that happens every once in a while when filmmakers want to hide Easter egg type items in their films as an inside joke for film fans. And I'm all for Easter eggs. I really enjoy them. Um, but at one point, Clint Eastwood exits a diner and walks across the street. In the background, there's a movie theater marquee. The theater is showing the film Play Misty for Me, which is a movie that Eastwood directed and starred in also in 1971. My point is, if the film Play Misty for Me is part of Harry Callahan's universe, and that film stars Clint Eastwood, wouldn't Harry Callahan constantly be told that he looks exactly like the movie star Clint Eastwood? <laughs> Just a thought. Two films left. Number two on our list today is from 1975, and it's The Killer Elite. Shooting locations, Sausalito, which is 11 miles north of San Francisco, but close enough. Uh, Chinatown, Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco International Airport, uh, the Embarcadero Waterfront, San Francisco Bay, Bethlehem Steel Pier, and the Filbert Steps on Filbert Street. Robert Duvall is back, and this time he has a major role. One of the early scenes features Bo Hopkins shooting skeet overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge, one of my favorite shots in the whole film. And the iconic San Francisco landmarks keep coming. The Killer Elite is like a San Francisco postcard. If that postcard was directed by Sam Peckinpah in slow motion with lots of violence. James Kahn plays Mike Locken, who works for a private security firm affiliated with the CIA, which means that nobody can be trusted, including his partner. This is a nice little tale of betrayal, of deceit, and skullduggery with San Francisco along for the bumpy ride. All right, we have one left, and that movie is from 1968, and it is Bullet. Shooting locations, Union Street, Taylor Street, Pacific Heights, Embarcadero Freeway, Marina District, Russian Hill, and the Mission District. Bullet tops the very first city spotlight list for a few reasons. Number one, no sets, sets were built for this film. It is all shot on location. Two, it includes what I consider the greatest car chase, car chase ever filmed. And number three, Steve McQueen. Oh, and Bob Duval, number four, another small role with lines as a cab driver. Once again, let's go to IMDb. An all-guts, no-glory San Francisco cop becomes determined to find the underworld kingpin that killed the witness in his protection. I love the whole underworld kingpin. Um, since this was all location shooting, Bullet looks like a travelogue for San Francisco set to the jazzy hip score of Lalo Schifrin, along with, of course, that car chase. The chase between a 1968 Dodge Charger 440 Magnum driven by actor stuntman Bill Hickman, who also drove the car in the terrific chase scene from The French Connection, and McQueen's 1968 Ford Mustang 390 GT 2x2 Fastback, I don't know anything about cars, That's, that was in the write-up on IMDb, is absolutely thrilling. White-knuckled, edge-of-your-seat cinema. This epic chase scene took three weeks to film and fills a whopping 10 minutes and 53 seconds of screen time. Every second of it is magic. The cat-and-mouse start of the chase isn't at high speeds, but it's still ultra-suspenseful. Schifrin's score stops when Hickman buckles his seatbelt and the dangerous stuff begins. 
Yes, I know they passed the same Volkswagen bug, the green VW bug, several times during this chase. Yes, I know that the Charger lost five, count them, five hubcaps during the chase, but none of that matters to me. San Francisco was not considered a hot spot for movie making in 1968, but the mayor at the time wanted it to be. Because of this desire, the production was given carte blanche around the city. They were given an entire wing of San Francisco General Hospital's medical center for filming. Multiple streets were shut down for the three-week car chase shooting, and they were allowed to shoot at San Francisco International Airport at night. Amazing access that doesn't happen anymore. And that's it. So if you want to see San Francisco from your couch, you can't go wrong with these 10 films. If you're still hungry for more, take a look at Days of Wine and Roses, DOA, Harold and Maude, The Maltese Falcon, and Zodiac. More San Francisco treats. Oh, and then there's The Green Fog. A friend of mine told me about this film without realizing I was preparing a San Francisco episode. The Green Fog is a movie that's made up entirely of clips of movies and television shows filmed in San Francisco. The way it's edited makes it seem like it's an actual mystery movie. It is absolutely amazing, and it definitely helped me get my mind ready for this episode. Thanks to the Criterion Channel for continuing to showcase films like The Green Fog. And of course, thanks to my friend for the heads up about a very cool film. And that's a wrap for the first of four City Spotlight episodes uh, scheduled for this season. I hope you join me in a couple of months for the next city visit. Um, Before that, make sure you come back next week for a best picture rundown as I give you my two cents on all 10 of this year's best picture nominees. And until then, take care.